you know, in life, you go through times where you think you know everything. And then you hit a time where you realize you have way more questions than answers. And I'm broadcasting to you from Winnipeg. And I'm up on the 30th floor at Portage in Maine, the iconic corner, the windiest corner in Canada. About four minutes away from here is a place called Main Street. And on Main Street, twice a week, between about a two-block area, there's people that gather for a walk. And uh, there's a local here in Winnipeg. His name is Mitch Bourbonnet, and he's worked with homeless and those who have dealt with and continue to battle addictions. And it's a walk. And uh, people come out for that walk. And there's food. There's water. There's conversation. And you walk for two blocks. And you meet people who are mostly there because they have been on the other side. And this is their way of connecting and giving back. And you realize that there's a whole lot of love going on in an area where most people will just drive by and shake their head and go, you have to spend some time. And sometimes we don't always understand, but we have to spend a lot more time listening in this country. And two people that we want to listen to join us now. Karen Ward is a drug policy consultant with the city of Vancouver. And Corey Ranger is president of the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. Thank you both for joining us this Wednesday evening. Good evening to you. Thank you so much for having me. Karen, um, mm-hmm. you're known in, in Vancouver. Um, uh, you know, I, I, and I've read about you. And I'm not going to even begin to, to, to describe who you are because I think um, that's not doing justice to your story and your journey. But oh, can you share okay. a little bit? Can you share a little bit about your journey with us? Well, I guess, I mean, I, I'm not sure because I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say where these things are going, right? When you're in the middle of them. Um, but I've, mm. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I've, geez, I've been, I've been out here in Vancouver for over 20 years. And uh, I've, you know, I've, I've been, I've been quite, uh, you know, very poor the whole time, but I've, but I've been, um, let's see, I've been uh, uh, briefly homeless for a little while back in the day. I was at UBC for a little while back at times, uh, tried to struggle through the early, earliest phases of earlier phases of this, of this housing mess and uh, not so successfully. Um, I, uh, let's see, I use, uh, use drugs. Uh, I was living in supportive housing in the Woodward's building actually for about 10 years. And, you know, and then I've been working, but I've also been working as a, first as a, a, a artist, uh, as a, as a community organizer, um, as a, you know, as a writer, I guess, as a, and as doing some like a local neighborhood politics and advocacy. And I have no idea what I do now, but it's, uh, but it's keeping me very busy. Um, and, uh, I, I guess, uh, over this, and I've been kind of, as all of us have, uh, p- like pulled into this this huge, like spiraling 
emergency that that is, is I've been trying to like, tell people and warn them for years now at CLF, well, for has been years, that it's not, it's actually getting, going to come and take all of us if we're not, if we don't actually take the time to recognize that we're all responsible for to, to uh, address it. And in that sense, I've been unfortunately proven right again and again um, that, that um, you know, inequality, like economic and social inequality is at the very heart of all of this. And our, our tendency, this tendency that we've developed, this very cruel tendency to, uh, to, to um, not see people, to make people invisible, and to, um, to dehumanizing, uh, uh, um, disposing, really, a thing that we've been doing, and now we see, we see, we've seen through the, the last two years, last two and a half years. Um, I, and I saw this right at the beginning of, of uh, COVID. I think that COVID amplifies structural violence, and the policies that are the policies that are just hidden under the surface have come out in fierce, uh, fierce violence and strength. And uh, we see that this is what exactly what's happening um, when we see how this. You know the way that this uh, the pandemic has revealed, in fact, so much of of what's deeply, deeply um, a, um, at the root of what's so wrong about how we're all relating to each other and how we're how we're living and how we're conducting ourselves in, in you know in the in the in the world and in history. And now you know, and it's like, well, like now we're on fire, and now there's this, and now you know people are. It's a it's and- a very very dangerous moment, and. I think that the way that we've experienced here in the downtown east side, um, the the poisoning, uh, the drug poisoning massacre, um, is is in so many ways we, it feels like uh, you know being the canaries in the coal mine that we were yep. seeing this. It was happening down here, and it took us it took years simply to be heard on a very basic level because we could stop this at any time if we choose to. Karen Ward is with us. Uh, Corey Ranger, let's bring you in here because we want to put some context to this because, you know, Karen's living this. And I think we can hear that. Um, Corey, um, try to help us understand not only for um, a Vancouver audience, but for a national audience as to what's going on in in Karen's world and, and in many places in this country. Okay. Yeah, thank you for um, having me on here. And first, I'll just say I think the the best person to explain what's going on in Karen's world is likely Karen. But yeah. yep. I think what's really important context here is that the drug poisoning crisis is not new. It is an ongoing reflection of incredibly toxic, misaligned, racist policy and laws that have precipitated a very volatile and toxic drug supply, one that has claimed the lives of 29,000 Canadians since January 2016. And truthfully, what we're seeing right now, uh, as Karen alluded to in light of the pandemic, is the real-time evolution of the unregulated drug supply. It continues to change and it continues to shift and become increasingly less predictable and increasingly more dangerous to the point where we're seeing widespread contamination of not just fentanyl now, but other fentanyl analogs like carfentanyl, but also benzodiazepines, drugs like atizolam, 
um, animal tranquilizers like xylazine, all of those have become mainstay ingredients in the unregulated drug supply. And as a result, we've seen a massive increase in, in toxic drug deaths, and not just in British Columbia, not just Ontario or Alberta, but across the country. And we need to see some real action and legislative change. And as Karen said, everyone pulling together, if we're actually going to see meaningful movement out of this devastation. Karen, how many people do you know that have fallen victim to this? I, wow. Um, I mean, wow. I can't even, I mean, dozens it's, uh, I mean, it's in, in, the, I mean, in the neighborhood here, it's, it's literally been more, it's been a decimation plus, I mean, I mean, we've lost, um, geez, uh, over like a person a day, uh, at, at, in, um, in, in the city <clears throat> and, and many, most, um, uh, the majority are, are in the neighborhood. Uh, and it's been going on for, I mean, this has been six years on this, on this scale. And in the last, since, uh, I mean, since 2020, it's been, this has been, um, you know, we don't even, in many cases, it's like, well, was it an overdose or was it, you know, we say poisoning? Um, but it's also like people just die of all, people die of poverty is what's happening here. Uh, people die of, 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 of uh, negligence and um, of injustice. And, and all of those causes are, you know, it, it, and it's, under, it's understood that in, 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 these, in this situation, in this place, I mean, you know, people are using drugs for relief because they're, they're trapped here in, in many ways and uh, there aren't any other options. Um, there's no, and there's no, and there's no, you know, viable way out and for most people, for everyone actually. Um, and it feels like at this point, it just feels like the, like literally the, 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 uh, the, the you know, the, the, uh, the entire place is like collapsing into itself. Um, and it's very, I mean, and then it, it's strange to me because people say, well, why is, why is it so bad in the neighborhood right now? It's like, well, a lot of people have died, actually. And so now everyone's walking around in this profound state of grief uh, and trauma and has lost their connections. You know, if, if, we're, t- if we're talking about a, a, a place where people are very, very poor, um, disabled, um, majority of, of the neighborhood are indigenous, um, and uh, a lot of people have died. And we lose, like, it's a mutual, we can help each other, but the connections between us are what we're losing as, we, as we've lost all these people. Um, and, you know, you don't, you don't identify, per se, as a person who uses drugs, because these are people who are, have full and complete lives in themselves. They're musicians and artists and friends and a cooks and, you know, and, and people who do, you know, who sweep the street and people who have all kinds of things happening that might not be recognized in a more mainstream in the mainstream world, but they're doing stuff because that's what they're, you know, they're, they're doing stuff that they can they find something to do and they make something of that. Um, and that's Karen, and that's what we've lost to and their friends. So, and that, and this and being in this place, like other, other low income neighborhoods and enclaves in Canada is a, is a, a difficult place to find oneself but it's also the last refuge you have. So losing and, that. And as Karen, yeah. and, and par, pardon for me interrupting yeah. here, we, we need to break. Um, <clears throat> but as Karen and Corey tell us, there is a viable solution towards this. And we have to start thinking about and shifting our thinking 
about this. Uh, it's an area where there's been a lot of lip service and not enough real change. When we come back, I'm Richard Ian for Ben. When we come back, we'll talk about what needs to happen in the views of so many people whose friends continue to die. Please stay with us. Richard Cluche in for Ben. Karen Ward with us. She was born in Hamilton, lived yes. in the Steel City, and um, I started my journalism career in Hamilton working for the Spec. It's an interesting oh, yeah? place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moved to BC. Um, art is a means of survival. Um, yes. She, she's, uh, you are a, uh, um, you've used drugs and, and you're a policy consultant. You tell it like it is. Also with this is Corey Ranger, president of the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. Corey, what needs to happen in this country to, to make this whole, to save those lives? You talk about the, the, the harm that's going on with, with, with gangs and the pollution that we are seeing in, in the drug supply. We need that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you from Winnipeg where there isn't even a safe injection site here, a legal yeah. safe injection site. What needs to happen from coast to coast so that lives are not wasted, that are not, that are saved? You know, you're absolutely correct in the fact that not every province has the same opportunities to implement life-saving harm reduction services. And so when we're speaking from a perspective of British Columbia, it's always important to maintain that perspective that province to province, the access to uh, life-saving resources is 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 very different. Um what we need, you know, that's complex solutions don't necessarily ever have really simple solutions, but right off the start, we need to replace the unregulated drug supply with a regulated drug supply. And what that means to many is a term called safe supply or essentially the provision of pharmaceutical alternatives to toxic drug supply. Right now, drug deaths are being fueled by the ongoing prohibition and criminalization of certain drugs, when in reality, if drugs were regulated as other drugs like alcohol, tobacco, um, cannabis are regulated, we could actually see meaningful movement out of this horrific and prolonged emergency uh, and so in order to do that, what we need to see is key legislative changes from the federal government. We need to see urgent and visible supports for upscaling of safe supply initiatives from provincial governments and from the federal governments. And what we really need to do is replace the entire toxic drug supply with a regulated one, one that honors and affirms individuals' right to choose, uh, one that allows for self-determination and, and consumer rights and knowing what you're putting in your body and having the right to know what you're putting in your body. Uh, and of course, on top of that, we, we need to continue to push towards decriminalization and legalization, but decriminalization and legalization alone without an actual viable, effective and accessible alternative yeah. supply to the unregulated illegal drug supply will not have the impact that we're looking for. Uh, and so we really need to replace the drug supply is, is, is at the root of resolving these this overdose crisis 
And Karen, for those that disagree with that approach, what's your message to them? Well, I mean, it's we've done like we 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 prohibited alcohol for a few years in Canada, and then we we ended prohibition there. The idea that you would not be able to legally purchase um, a beer or a bottle of a bottle of uh, vodka in in Canada, uh, it's if you think about it that way, um, if you made, if we made, a, if we made, um, you know, let's see, if we made a, a certain uh, a cough syrup illegal, if you made Benadryl illegal, if we made things like this, suddenly you are no longer, you cannot buy them. And you may, well, this guy says he has some, he has to, you have to sell it, you have to buy it, buy, you know, you have to dial this number and he'll show up at your house and he'll give you something that might be that. That's not, is that what we, that's actually what we're doing right now. We're not giving people a substances that have been used for, for thousands of years in, 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 throughout human history, throughout human cultures and society. Um, the human condition has always required some sort of break from that, from where we are. There's, there's a certain element of, it's, you know, that Buddhist con- there's con- there's not, there, there is pain involved in existence. And humans are definitely adverse to some of that. So the, and there is this this constant tendency. We use drugs like we make art. Um, and we need to simply acknowledge that and have a big a, an adult conversation. And, you know, as alcohol is legal, people don't, generally speaking, people don't go out and buy 10 bottles of tequila and drink and do that. They don't, they don't disorient, they don't distort themselves and destroy themselves like that unless they've, unless they've got something that's really deeply needs to be, um, you know, um, that has were down needs to be silenced, and that's uh, that's a that's, a, that's an issue that all of us are also responsible for. But that's not the one we're talking about right now. What we're talking about right now is the, a need for the governments to do its its duty, which is to regulate and keep and keep citizens safe. And right and now, until, and until and yeah, until that yeah. happens, we're going to lose more and more people. Not only in your neck yeah. of the woods, but across the country. I thank and, you both. Karen, Karen, yeah. it is an honor, an absolute oh. honor to have met you and talk with you. And next time I am in Vancouver, I, I, I would love to share a beverage or something uh-huh. else with you. Thank you so well, very much. That'd be great. Thank you for having us. Karen, have a good night. Thank you. And Corey Ranger.